Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting the ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is December 2nd, 2021. Getting closer and closer to our next Super Bowl title. Yeah. Got a football game tonight. New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys. We need both of them to lose. Should be a total shit show. Yeah, yeah. So we want to tie. That's like best case scenario for us, right? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. I, I'm not even sure who we need to lose here. I think probably I know, the like Cowboys. who do? I don't know. They're already behind us. I know, but we don't want them to catch up. The Saints, they're two games behind us. Well, know. we're eight and three. They're eight and four, so we would still be a game up on them. It's hard for me to root for the Saints. So I just, I don't know if I can do it. I know. See, I, I think if the Dallas wins, we're still fine. Well, we're going to be fine either way. Yeah, well, I just don't (laughs) think it changes anything. If Dallas wins? Yeah. Okay. So who do we root for? Current seating. Uh, God. We root for God? (laughs) A natural disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the earth will just open up and swallow both teams. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. We got a, I wouldn't say a good show for you, but it's going to be an entertaining show. It's going to be a show. It's going to be a show. Uh, we got hopefully some, not a shit show. I don't know, man. It's going to be close know. to that. Oh, no, <laughs> we are going to talk about some Bucks news, and we're going to talk about the Colts game and what we saw on the All Twenty Two Coaches film. Got that done today, so yeah, I'm so proud of you, Ralph. Yes, me too. Slug <laughs> through it. Before we get into it, I got a fact check. Uh, I had said that. Jonathan Taylor had only ran three times on that drive. And I was like, that just doesn't seem right. It, was like, it wasn't right. I was looking at the wrong drive, apparently. He ran the ball eight times out of 10 plays on that one drive at 10.06 in the fourth quarter. From 10.06 to 334, he got 58 yards on that drive. Okay. Of his- that makes more sense because we were like, Wow, it seemed like you ran a lot. And then you're like, no, it's three plays. And we're like, that can't be right. Yeah, he was popping off 10, 15, five-yard runs. Yeah. Because we were in pass defense. We thought they were going to come out pass defense. And as soon as we went, okay, they're just going to try and run the ball on us. Then we just stopped it. He got three yards, two yards. And then he ended up getting, I think, a four-yard touchdown. But that That'll happen. Yes, that was not a true representation of our run defense. How about that? I agree. It was good. It was good. We uh, we we pretty much shut him down, except for that. I mean, he got fifty-eight yards on that one drive. He yeah, got how I many mean, total? Eighty-three. Eighty-three. I know. So that's that one drive. Yeah, we held him to twenty-some yards. That's incredible. Two in the first quarter. This is the league rushing leader. So hey. How about that? And I will take a right. defense that tops the chart at one thing against the offense that tops the chart at that one thing. I'll take the defense every time. Yeah, generally. Yes, yes, yes. Defense, defense wins championships. Exactly, yep. yo. I mean, defense took us to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, yep. you know, when they started clicking, that's when we started dominating. So, all right, we got a little bit of news to cover. Something happened today. Uh, what happened, Ralph? <laughs> oh, my God. 
All right. Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, and who was the third guy? John Franklin the third, who John, is no longer with the team. John Franklin the third, who was with the team, we cut him back a while back. Long wide receiver. They have been suspended for three games without pay by the NFL and the NFL Players Association. This is an agreement between both organizations for misrepresenting their vaccination status. And I think we all kind of know what that means. There's no definitive proof. They didn't say anything any further than that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it was a very lawyerly statement. Yes. And the Bucks put out a statement as well. Very lawyerly. Mm hmm. And uh, Antonio Brown's lawyer put out a statement very lawyerly. <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, the Antonio Brown situation, he was going to be out for the next two games anyhow. So it's really just a one game suspension for him. Who knows if he's going to remain part of the team? You know, I know that's kind of a, because yeah. I mean, they said one strike and you're out of here. Yep. 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 And, uh, Mike Edwards now, that's a different story. He's a big part of our defense. He has been a ball hawk for us. He played great against Indianapolis. He's played great all year. How many snaps does he typically get a game? I'd, I'd say generally about 60, 70, 80%. Sometimes I, I'm not real sure. I mean, he's up there. He's one of the, you know, he's one of the guys that he might even get 100% of the snaps. I mean, like Winfield and David and White. Those guys typically get about 100% of the snaps. He's up there. I mean, 60, 80%, somewhere in that area. So, anyhow, ooh, a lot to be said about this, and I've got to be very, very careful about what I say because I really want to go off on a tirade on this. <laughs> and apparently I'm the only one. I am the only one. Everybody else in the media is couch fainting over this. Like, it's, I mean, they're acting like, Antonio Brown and these guys were running around with machetes in the locker room, putting people's lives at risk. I mean, they're... They were going and infecting everyone with COVID. Yes. How dare they? Yes. The they, whole season, the whole off season, they've had it the whole time. Right. They're just dangerous. Yes. And, and let's, let's, let's be clear about this. We do not know what they're, whether they did get vaccinated or not. We don't know if they had fake vaccination cards. We don't know if they presented fake vaccination cards and then got vaccinated. We don't know anything about this. What we do know is Rick Stroud's reporting based on a disgruntled employee who is obviously a real jerk off who just wanted, had an ax to grind. That's it. That's all he got out of this was just spite. It's just spite. And that's that Ruiz guy, uh, Antonio Brown's ex-chef who claims that Antonio Brown owes him $10,000. And uh, in just to, just to get back at Antonio Brown, he did this. So there we go. Now, I'm going to say this, and I said it when the, the story first broke. If you don't realize right now that these sports media people are not on your side. They are not friends of the Buccaneers. They are not friends of the Buccaneer fans. As a matter of fact, they detest us. They look down on us. They mock us. They think we're silly. You know, to them, they're getting paid for this. You know, that's what they do. Rick Stroud is worried about his career. He wants to make breakage story. He doesn't care who it hurts. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't even care if it's true. I mean, he's done that. He'd written plenty of breaking news stories that turned out to be totally false. And, uh, you know, he, he's worried about his career. He, he wants to be 
looked upon the top light with all the other peers of his, who they have all come out and said that, you know, Antonio Brown and Edwards put everybody in extreme risk and they need to be punished severely. You know, a lot of them are talking about this. This doesn't go far enough. They say that the Buccaneers need to be uh, fined. Uh, draft picks need to be taken away from them. Edwards and Antonio Brown need to be kicked off the team. That's how insane this crap is. These people are insane. They're insane. I'm going to. I, I, I got to be very careful with what I say because <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep it to football. Yeah, and uh, we like to try and keep this podcast as lighthearted as we can but uh, this this stuff is really really bothering me you know i i said it like a while back i, I am sick of this mm-hmm. pandemic stuff it's over it's done it's done you know Pretty and here's what i want from everybody who is couch feigning all of this and acting like we're still under you know the, the plague i want you to tell me Send me an email, call me up, leave a message. I don't care. You tell me when enough is enough. Where's the goalpost? When do we stop? What is the end to this crap? Give me a metric. What do we want? Do we want absolutely no COVID in North America? Absolutely no COVID in America? Absolutely no COVID on the planet? What is acceptable? 5%, 10%, 1%? You tell me, because nobody is touching that subject, and you know why they're not touching that subject? Because they want this to go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and it's going to go on forever. Congress has already, the House just voted on a national database for vaccination. What? Yes. Oh, good Lord. They're developing a national database for vaccination. People, this is it's levels of insanity. This is not the plague. It never was the plague. It's not even the Spanish flu. People are not dying in the streets. It's not, we didn't need to stop the whole world for this, but we did, okay? Well, at least until everybody decided to riot, and then that was okay. You know, that was that was justified. That was all right, you know, because I guess it just all depends on your political beliefs as to whether... You know, this disease is going to affect you or not. I don't know. But it appears that, you know, this is something that a lot of people on this planet want to continue forever and ever and ever because it's a weapon they can wield just like mm-hmm. hall monitors. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're seeing. And, you know, just that the NFLPA is on board with all this bullshit. Right. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that's not about the players. It's no. not about the players. No. Well, it was I mean, like, if they cared about the players, they'd be advocating for medical choice. Or or advocating you know, for uh, antibody testing. That's the one that just blows me yeah, away. Well, that's Why? what I was just going through the transactions because I thought that Mike Edwards had had COVID already. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see not he didn't during the season because I looked to see I went through the transactions to see if he had already had it. Mm-hmm. Last year or this year, he hasn't had it. Not to say that he doesn't have antibodies; he could, right? Um, but right. It wasn't these, the these are these are young men, yeah, that are at the prime of their life. They're athletes. They they take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. 
They have no risk of catching COVID. As a matter of fact, I think everybody in the league at this point has had, has tested positive for this mess at one point or another over the past two years. We've been dealing with this for two years, mm-hmm. and none of them have died. None of them have even gotten sick. Mm-hmm. I think two have claimed to have been hospitalized. Two. Two out of the thousands of NFL Right, players. and the one guy, half of them were vaccinated. Yes. Oh, but no, no. You read these articles. They say that breakthrough cases are extremely rare. Yeah. Yet we get all these players who are vaccinated are constantly testing positive for this. Right. <laughs> illness. But yeah. they're not ill. You know, it's it's insanity. It's, yeah. it's pure insanity. And this whole thing with Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards, it's exactly what we said it was going to be. I mean, it's a witch mm-hmm. hunt. Yep. They are forcing compliance. Yes. And so if you're not compliant, they're going to punish you. Exactly. And this so. is coming from the guy. He banned me, Rick Stroud from Tampa Bay Times. He blocked he, him. He blocked me because i pointed out his hypocrisy oh he was so upset that the reporters are not allowed to go in the locker room anymore and he said this is not about safety this is a power move that's exactly what he said and i mocked him i was like do you not understand the hypocrisy in your statement you know this is all about it's a power move when it affects your job but it's not a power move any other time it's about safety every other time right you know, I wonder if these reporters would be so quick to, you know, take a substance, have a substance injected in them that would have, you know, a, a, a percentage chance of them losing their mental facilities. Mm-hmm. Because that's what these players are having to deal with. Now, anybody, if anybody says that vaccines are 100 percent totally safe, they're not. No vaccines are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hell, the history of vaccines is littered with you know, medical errors and just, I mean, the polio vaccine killed tens of thousands of children. It was, you know, uh, the, the dang fever. It, look at that one. It's just, and people do have reactions to vaccines, mm-hmm. even even the ones that are considered safe, you know, measles and rubella and all that shit. So, you know, these players, their body means everything to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for them to be told, hey, you have to inject this in you, you know, a lot of them are like, uh, you know, I just, you know, it might ruin my career. It could do that. Yeah. You know, it could ruin my life. Well, I mean, there's a cost-benefit analysis. And if you're at a very low risk for catching COVID or being seriously ill from it, but then, you know, oh, what's the point? Like, I would, I don't know. Yes. Y'all do whatever you want. I don't care. But, like, everyone has to assess the risk for themselves. And, unfortunately, we're in a climate where it's one size fits all. Like you have to conform. You have mm-hmm. to do this yeah. because we say so. Yes. And it's not just, you know, it, it's not, it's not just Rick Stroud who is on this bandwagon, which I find so funny that he's the guy that was pushing all this and saying, you know, that Antonio Brown needs to be suspended, kicked out of the league and all this stuff. And, you know, Oh, this needs to happen now because this is a serious thing. This is the same guy that was saying that the NFL was just using the power to keep reporters out of things. It's not about mm-hmm. safety and everything. The insanity and the stupidity and the ignorance that has a, just circled around this whole pandemic stuff is mind-numbing. It really, really is. I want somebody out there to explain to me. Now, I've read, I don't know, a lot of research papers 
from the very beginning of this to, you know, I, I think a couple months ago, I just said, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Hold on one second. Okay. <laughs> okay. You hear about the breakthrough cases and you hear about, uh, you know, you have to get vaccinated so that you don't transmit it to other people, uh, you know, especially the vulnerable and all that good stuff. I've read a lot on this stuff and I have been for a long time. I read this book, The Coming Plague. This was written back in 1980, uh, back in the 80s. Show uh, how thick that thing is. It's oh, like yeah. a Harry Potter book, Huge. guys. Huge book. Uh, And it's probably one of the most scariest books I've ever read. And one of the reasons is because they talked about this exactly. And, you know, this is not something new. The medical community has been talking about this happening for 30, 40 years. President Bush uh, set up a task force. He was very big into the, uh, it's almost, it's 750 pages about the book. He set up a task force. He was the first one to set up a task force for pandemic awareness. And, you know, this is something that has been on everybody's radar for a long time. And when this hit, they just threw everything out the window. All the stuff that they had planned, all the papers they had written, all the studies that they have done, they threw it out the window. Because what you do not do is you do not lock down and quarantine healthy people. That's the one thing they said. You just don't do that. That's, that's, that's dumb. You know, the vulnerable and the, the sick. You, you quarantine them. You don't, you know, and then you don't put everybody in a panic because there's a thing called the nocebo effect. Everybody's heard of the placebo effect. That's where you can heal yourself by thinking you've taken a pill or that you've done something to make yourself better. This is something the medical community knows about, but they have no idea how it happens and how it works. Well, there's also the exact opposite of the placebo effect. It's called the nocebo effect. The nocebo effect, you can make yourself sick if you are told you're going to get sick. Now, and I did that yes, in August, well, like three months ago, I was, you know, my leg hurt and then I got sick and I was like, oh my God, I'm having blood clots. Like I just knew, Yes, I just knew that's what it was Yes, in my head. Yeah. It's the nocebo effect people. And this is, it's a huge factor. It's not like one, 2%, you know, you're, you're looking at upwards of 30% of people can make themselves sick. If they are told or they think they're going to get sick, you can actually yeah, fix it. It's like every time I'm around someone who has a stomach bug, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm nauseous. Yeah, it's you, coming. Yes, it's called the nocebo yeah. effect. And one of the things in the medical community is they try not to get people to think about being sick because it can make you sick. Now, what they've done with this pandemic is they just shoved it in our face nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for two years. It's going to make a large percent of the population sick. You're just going to get sick thinking about it. Okay. So they've thrown everything out the window, everything out the window, cloth masks. <laughs> just, just, any, look, I got to be very careful with what I say here yeah. because it's. We're on the border already, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably get banned from YouTube. Well, well. Anyhow, everybody, uh, Greg Allman, Pewter Report, the, the idiot at ESPN. Uh, even Evan Winter of Sports Illustrated, all these these Buccaneers media people, they have all supported this because oh, they he's say. He's not Sports Illustrated. I don't know it? what he is. 
Anyway. Anyhow. Sorry. They've all supported this. I mean, here's what Pewter Report said, and this is quote. They said, Brown and Edwards put people in danger by lying, end quote. All right. Uh, they also said, Brown and Edwards 100% deserve to be punished for such a boneheaded decision, end quote. Now, you know, I could understand, yeah, getting the, if they faked a vaccination card, it's kind of boneheaded. But, you know, the temptation's there. People I get why they did it. I, right. I understand it, too. You know, if I, if I, if my body was worth millions of dollars, yeah. I wouldn't want something injected in me. I just wouldn't. Especially something that has a small percentage of chance of, you know, making you sick. Anyhow, I want these people to explain to me, as somebody who has studied this stuff, how they could make other people sick, especially vaccinated people. Explain that to me. I want somebody to explain it to me. Send me an email. Call me on the phone. I don't care. I, I would love for one of these people to do it. Now, I'm not talking about, hey, point to this authority figure or point to some. I want you to explain to me how it is that a respiratory infectious disease that is spread by coughing because that's what happens when you get sick. When you build up the viral load, it makes you cough. That's why you get sick. You cough because you're trying to expel the virus. Okay. Asymptomatic spread is damn near impossible with respiratory disease. And if, the literature says that. And, the, it's, and they knew it from the beginning. Yes. I so mean, if you have, if you have this, you know, illness and you're not coughing, or snotting or whatever, you know, expelling, you know, respiratory viruses. If you don't have any symptoms, it's damn near impossible to spread it. Because one, you don't have enough viral load. And two, you don't, you're not sick. You know, your body's fighting it off. So, you know, for these people to say that they put other people in danger, no, they didn't. One, you're vaccinated. If you're vaccinated... What do you care about? Either the vaccines work or they don't. If they don't work, why care if people have them? Okay. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, you're vaccinated. They're not sick. They're not coughing on you. They're not sick. They're not spreading it to you. So, you know, this whole moral panic over this stuff is it's, it's affecting our team now. And we said this at the beginning when they when the NFL did these stupid protocols. You know, when they said you know people on the sideline have to. Uh, follow all these protocols. They have to be masked and they have to do that unless you're in a union. That was the exception. Unless yeah. you're in a union. Yeah. And it was like, what the, the virus doesn't know if you're in a union or yeah, not. Yeah, it doesn't care. Yeah, no, you just were in a union and they don't want to fuck with them because they're going to fight you back. That's mm -hmm. why. It's not in their contract and they're not adding it unless you want to negotiate the whole thing again. Right. You know, so, you know, the the people who are advocating and saying that, you know, they, that Antonio Brown and Edwards put people at risk, you know, they're just hyping this up. It's not true. 100% not true. Now, if they're walking around coughing on people, then yes, they're putting people at risk, but you can do that with anything, mm -hmm. you know, the pneumonia, the cold, all that good stuff. So it's just insane. It's, it's people have gone, uh, it's clown world. It's just clown world. I mean, here it is. We're getting uh, one of our star players, Mike Edwards, who has been a ball hawk on our team, is now going to be missing for three of the most important games we're going to play up to this point. The Buffalo Bills, the Saints coming up. Eh, Atlanta, not a big deal. 
But we got two big games coming up that are, you know, going to help determine playoff seating and all that. And they're not going to be able to play, or he's not going to be able to play because of some stupid protocols. Well, I'm just glad we're not missing him in the playoffs, for one. Right. Like the Atlanta, I think we can deal with. Uh, the Bills might be a little tougher, but we'll mm. see how that goes. They're not playing all that great. And then, uh, you know, the Saints and, you know, whatever. Yes. At that point, we, we, if we win the next three, we can clinch the division. Or maybe it's a playoff berth. Uh, after the scene, if we beat the... I th- yeah, I think it's the division if we win Is the next it? three. Okay. So, you know, those are kind of important games, but then we do have three other games after that. So... Um. Right. Yeah. Ho- they'll be for the playoffs. Hopefully. You never yeah. Know what's to me, happen. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. Serve the suspension. Get it out of the way. Don't drag it out. Don't drag the controversy out either. I well, think that's served by just accepting the suspension and dealing with it. Right. Um, well, 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 you've got a lot of people out there that are calling for the FBI to investigate this. And this is the, this is Oh, what, yeah. That was immediate. That was in yeah. Rick Shroud's article. And that is what all the people who write about sports were tweeting about. They added that little nugget in mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, they want this to who happen. Knows? They yeah. want this to happen. Guys, I'm here to tell you these media writers are not your friend. They are not good for our team. They're, they're just not. So, uh, yeah, Mike Florio of uh, Pro Football Talk, you know, he's got a big article which is filled with oh. horrible grammar. Oh, well, other... he was the one that was pissing his pants about Aaron Rodgers, too. Right. Yeah. Having a meltdown about that. Yeah, he's a prima donna. Yeah. Uh, Aren't they all? Yeah, pretty much. They are the ones that couldn't play sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, if you don't, if you can't do, you criticize. Is yeah. That <laughs> the... Uh, he, he's got this whole article talking about the Buccaneers are at fault and, you know, they didn't do a good job and everything. And this, here's the thing I want to, you know, what did they want the Buccaneers organization to do? Create a team of people to verify these cards, I guess, is what everybody's saying now. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask Rick Stroud and Mike Florio and all these people who are poo-pooing the fact that these these vaccination cards were not thoroughly vetted. <clears throat> They got vaccinated, right? Rick Stroud and these guys did, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. You know, they claim it because they wear it like a badge of honor. How do you know you got the vaccine? They gave you a card. Right. But how do they know that that was a vaccine, that it wasn't saline solution? I don't know. Did they research? Did they follow the, the... the chain of custody? Did they question the people who were giving them the shot? Hell, did they even question that these people were qualified? No. You know what they did? They went in there, they got the shot just like everybody else, and then they walked out with their card. They didn't verify that all this stuff was legit. You know, these are supposed researchers and journalists and all this stuff. And I guarantee you not a single one of them made sure that they were getting what they were told they were getting. But yet they wanted to be mad at the Buccaneers for, you know, not going through all this effort to verify these vaccination cards. How do you even verify it? Like, is there a way to do that? I don't know. Exactly. Like, how would they even verify it? That's my question. Yes. It's just silly. These people are silly. They're not serious people. Yeah. They aren't. 
Nope. I mean, good Lord. You know, we do this as a hobby, as something fun to do. Uh, you know, these people get paid a crap ton of money to watch sports, complain about it, go travel all over the country, hang out, hobnob with their friends. You know, I mean, I just, why, why do they got to be such uh, negative Nancys? Yeah. I mean, I Rick, think Rick when Stra- you go to journalism school, they put the stick up your. <laughs> That's part of the graduation ceremony. Ah, that's hilarious. So anyhow, this is going to get a lot worse than before it gets better, I'm sure. Really? Yeah. You... Yeah, I'm surprised that there was nothing like the Buccaneer. I don't know, any punishment for the Buccaneers. Oh, it's coming. It's going to come. There's going to be so? all kinds of pressure on them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably lose draft picks and... What? The, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is all so stupid, ignorant, and ridiculous. That's all I got to say. That's a you know, just. I will argue to death with anybody that wants to about this whole situation about the the, the vaccine. Yeah, it just the whole pandemic. You know, I, whatever. It's just it's gotten insane. This is never going to end, guys. This is never going to end. You know, we've given. Bad people, power, and they will not let it go at all. I mean, it's so weird to me that just two years ago, people were chanting in the streets, you know, down with Big Pharma, down with Big Pharma. And now people are getting tattoos of pharmaceutical companies on their bodies. They're forcing other people to enrich Big Pharma. Every vaccine that's given makes Big Pharma rich. Mm-hmm. They're not doing this out of charity. Mm-mm. They are, their profits have shot through the roof. Mm-hmm. Moderna has never had any product ever. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, they've got billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, insane, insane what we're doing. So, I don't, hey, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't want to, it's, it's just like with players. I don't want to know your politics. I don't want to know your personal beliefs. I don't want to know these guys, you know, because invariably you're going to disagree with somebody on something. And the more you know about somebody, especially these public figures, the more you're going to end up disliking them. You know, they're going to eventually say something that, that gets you wrong. So, you know, just keep all that stuff to yourself. And I got the same thing to say to the media, keep your damn opinions to yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't want your politics shoved down my throat. I don't want, you know, and they, they, Pick and choose what they're going to be upset about and what they're going to report on. Now, they pick players that they like, and they will report on them very positively. And if those players do something wrong, they'll sweep it under the rug. And then players they don't like, they're going to attack them and come at them. This goes for coaches and ownership and all that good stuff. Basically, if you don't treat the media like they're the most special thing on the planet, they're going to come after you. And even if you do treat them well, they're going to come after you anyhow because that's they're just crappy people so you know we i don't want to know what your politics are you know and these people are just throwing their politics around like it's like it's like it's acceptable what happened to the days of you don't talk politics and religion i don't want to know their religion either because i'll sit there and argue with them about religion (laughs) i will dislike you over your religious beliefs i will go why in the world can you think that you know Mm-hmm. But they don't have a problem with just shoving it down everybody's throat. 
So, you know, and these are the, the I remember when the media, all media used to be speaking truth to power. That's what they used to say. But now it's the exact opposite. These are these guys are the protectors of power. They are the defenders of mm-hmm. the big corporations, uh, the politics, the politicians, the select. It is just it's insane. The world's going insane. So anyhow, we've got players that are suspended, uh, the vital players on our team. Now, Mike Edwards being gone is not going to hurt us that bad. I mean, he's he's a great player. Uh, he's really done good here lately, especially as a ball hawk. He's gotten some great interceptions and fumble recoveries and all that good stuff. But we got people that could come in his place, you know. So it's not going to be a total disaster. And the competition, with the exception of the Bills, yeah, like manageable, right. right? Manageable. Yeah, I mean Andrew Adams is probably going to be activated, and he'll he'll come in. We got Cockrell. We've got you know we've got guys that can play. So it's not a death blow. But I mean our secondary has been banged up. This ain't going to help. This ain't going to help. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to look for the he's back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So all we have is um. Andrew Adams behind. So we've got this. I'm looking at the depth chart. Antoine Winfield at strong safety. Jordan Whitehead at free safety. Mike Edwards is listed behind Whitehead. But you say he's out there 80% of the snap. Oh, I was just throwing that around. Uh, I can. Look I mean, but he gets quick. pretty substantial snaps, is what you're saying. Hey, he's at nickel, right? Is that when they bring him in? Uh, we we run a, we don't run a a defense where you can just say that you know we uh, you know they they've, they've, they've told packages but, yeah yeah we got him. so many we got so many weird looks out there you yeah know? we'll have three sometimes four safeties on the field you know doing all kinds of weird stuff and it's just hmm. uh, well I'm just looking in our um, just our depth doesn't look all that great so. Yeah, right. Like one more injury back there, and mm-hmm. we're going to be hurting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we, we've talked about this way too long. I, I only meant to just touch on it. It's been half a damn you podcast. You should have known it would be. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, it's, it just bothers me, man. Ah. I mean, you know, it's not like this is some ethereal thing that is, uh, you know, just related to the sports world. You know, this is in everybody's life all the damn time. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I'm just, I am so sick of it. Like, but fatigued it. on it. Overdose. Okay. I got some news items besides that, that I'd like to run through and then we can get to the. Do it. Game film. Do it. Um, so Aaron Stinney, we put on IR today. Yeah, it sucks. So he's gone. Yeah. Devin White apparently is limited but has the possibility to play in Atlanta. And Jalen Darden is in concussion protocol. So return duties will probably be split between Bernard and Scotty Miller. Uh, Okay, I think we actually might have talked about that. Um, Fournette was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week for his Four touchdown performance. Deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got I got Mike Edwards' snap count here. He's played 55% of the defensive snaps this year. Okay. 
interesting. I thought it would be more than that, but... But not insignificant. Mm -mm. So. Yeah, half the snap, so... Right. Um, I need to take a break for just a second. All right, well, quickly, uh, here's, a, here's a snap count of Mike Edwards for the whole season. Uh, week one, 82%. Week two, 54%. Uh, week three, 35%. Week four, 40%. Week five, 98%. Week six, 100%. Week seven, 12%. Week eight, 13%. Week nine, 64%. Week 10, 71%. And then week 11, 54%. So he's so, like all over the place. Yeah, he's all over the place, but he's out there. Hmm. So yeah, and he's a ball hawk. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's one of our playmakers for yeah. sure. Right. All right. So let's move on. We've got the uh, all twenty-two review of the Indianapolis Colts game. Oh, you know, also I, with the Mike Edwards thing, I went to the Pro Bowl ballot on NFL.com and uh, voted and all this good stuff. And he's not on there. I don't know if he was on there before today, before his suspension or huh. not. But yeah, he wasn't on there. Mm. It was, there was quite a few Buccaneers. I was like, why isn't... They should be Yeah, there. it's like weird. So anyhow, that happens every year where I'm just like, why do they not have this guy? Mm -hmm. You know, anyhow. Because people don't watch film like you do. I guess. The NFL doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the Colts, all 22. The first drive with the Buccaneers, and this has happened quite a bit this year. And I wouldn't really say it's a concern, but then we're just so used to it now. It was just pure crap. Uh, the first drive was really like, what the F is going on here? I feel like it was that way last year, too. Like, we had the same problem. Like, we'd just get off slow. It just yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. It took a while to get it together. Maybe we just like putting ourselves in a hole and fighting out. I don't know. Yeah. We're just that type of people. We're just showmen. That's yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. The first snap. The first snap of the game was just hilarious. The Let me see. Jensen snapped the ball. And I think Jensen and Donovan Smith were the only one that moved. The rest of the linemen and Gronk and everybody oh, was just no. sitting there. And it took them, a, you know, like a good second to realize, oh, crap, the ball's been snapped. Uh, so that was funny. There was miscommunication on the snap count, very first play. Uh, but Fournette ended up picking up four yards on that play. So, you know, it wasn't a wash. That. Uh, the next play, incomplete pass. And then the very next play after that was when Mike Evans was running across the center of the field. Brady throws it to him. Mike Evans wasn't even looking. He, I yeah. don't even know what he's doing. And it hit him dead in the hand. I know. You couldn't get like, a more perfect All he had pass. to do was this. Yeah. Just yeah, he could have closed his eyes and caught that ball. It was just such a perfect pass. Uh, but he, he just wasn't expecting it. And then Pinion punted the ball. Horrible. And then Trainer got the uh, holding call. That was all in the first four plays. So every single play was just crap. Disaster. <laughs> You're like, whoa. And the Trider call was definitely holding. He definitely held there. Now, the next series wasn't much better. Uh, we did okay, you know, moved the ball a little bit. But then Brady th made this boneheaded play. He was throwing it to Godwin, and it was almost intercepted. I mean, the, the Colts or Colt defender dropped the ball. I and mean, it was, it should have been an interception. But 
you know, hey, he only had to wait for a couple more plays, and then Godwin coughed it up. So, you know, we, we, we did turn it over. Yeah, we turned it over for. But then the defense did great. You know, stopped, held them. They 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 got the ball in field goal range, and the mm-hmm. defense held them to a field goal. So that was spectacular. Um, so you know, it's just a thing that's going on with us. I don't know what it is. You know, our first few scripted plays just don't seem to. We just don't seem to be gelling yeah. to start off with. You know, maybe we just need to. I mean, I, I was going to say maybe we just need to run it, but our first play was a run play, and mm-hmm. half, over half the guys on the offensive line miscommunicated snap count. You know, so just. I want you go back and look at your notes from last year, just in the end of the at the end of the season, and see our first drive, like what yeah. your comments were. Right. I th- I'm pretty sure last year was the same. Yeah, story. slow starting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we did have that issue. Um, as far as penalties go, it was a damn clean game. Refs did not do bad at all. This might be one of the best n- uh, referee not screwing up games we've had. Let me see. I got I got one hold by the Bucks. Uh, Donovan Smith held 95. Uh, that happened late in the game for on our scoring last scoring drive. Uh, BS called Barrett got called a neutral zone infraction. Seventy two, the right tackle moved first, mm-hmm. so that was not Barrett's fault. Uh, Barrett actually moved because the right tackle moved. Uh, let me see. So uh, there was a hands to the face. Uh, Fifty four put hands to the face on Worfs. And uh, I think I saw that one during the game. Uh, 79, their left tackle held Tryon once. Then there was a roughing the passer call, third third quarter, 114. Uh, Brady and uh, 57, 57 come in and pressured Brady. And then after Brady threw the ball, they both got tangled up with each other and 57 threw Brady to the ground. With Brady, as he was going to the ground, pulled 57 down with him and tossed him. Ooh. So, yeah, it it definitely could have been rough in the passer. It was way after the the play. And, of course, you know, the whole offensive line was like, hey, to the refs, let's go, you know, pointing, what? But it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So that was it. I mean, that was an extremely clean game. Who was that crew? Do it, you know? Yes. Uh, it was... Uh, Sean Smith. Sean Smith crew. Have we had him before? I don't know. I meant to look it up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a follow-up. Yes. Maybe. So, you know, really pleased with it. And not only that, it wasn't the rest screwed up, but both teams played very clean. You know, I mean, it was good football. It was really good football to watch. Uh, So I'll say this. We dominated the trenches. Our offensive line and defensive line just whooped up on them. I mean, our offensive line was great, great. We this guy Leverett, mm-hmm. he comes in. You know, Stiddy has been playing great. Yeah, you know, I mean, just I liked him. He's they, solid. Yeah, very solid. Uh, Leverett comes in. He's just as good. Oh, they really liked him during yeah. preseason, and um, yeah. So I'm glad that we have some depth there. Yeah, and uh, he's got that uh, little nasty streak in him that I like. Ooh. 
Yeah, so you've got you got Jensen in the middle, and both guards now are they will push and shove and get in your face, and you know they will fight you. So I like that. You know, that's what they yeah. missed about Marpet and Worfs mm-hmm. uh, and Donovan. You know, they're just not. You know, they're just not. They're not mean. You know, and I, I like to mean offensive linemen. Same with the defensive line. I like the yeah. defensive line. But yeah, our offensive line, we just dominated them. The uh, let's see, Leverett got beat. Uh, he got once got beat by ninety nine for a sack. Uh, he missed a block for a tackle in the first quarter, and uh, he had a false start. Other than that, he was great. He was great. Good. Yeah. Yes. And I think he's young. I want to. Yeah, say this he's was his first. Rookie, right. This, yeah, this was his first uh, NFL snap. <laughs> and he's how, out there. How would you like to be thrown in that way? Oh God, I know. Mm. Yeah. Third and, stringer. And you gotta protect the goat. I know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that sack he got he gave up by ninety nine. That was he just pure got beat on that one. And it was that happen. Was that Buckner ninety nine, I think. Oh, okay. DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Yeah, DeForest Buckner. So, you know, <laughs> you get beat by him in your first game ever. You know, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, it's not sure. Bad. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, Donovan Smith and Worfs were just out there throwing people around. <laughs> I mean, Donovan, Donovan had probably one of his best games ever. And really? He, yeah, he was just... He's playing lights out this season. He's having a great season. Yeah, and he was playing with a lot of energy, too. He he actually, a couple of times after the play, was like flexing and, you know, like Ooh. jumping up and down and stuff. You know, it was like, the, the running plays really get him juiced up. It seems. <laughs> and that, that, he likes the run blocking. Yeah, that, the... Uh, the Run where Fournette scored the twenty-eight yard touchdown at the end of the game, man. God, I mean, we had some great blocking in this game. Run blocking, it was. I mean, it was fantastic. But Thomas Smith blocked three separate people. Yeah, I mean, it was just great. It was just like, how do you do that? You know, he chipped block somebody, then went and blocked a linebacker, and then he saw a, a I think it was a cornerback coming across the field, so he got out in front of him and blocked him. I was like, damn, Donovan. So. You know, I've always liked him. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Worfs was Worfs was a lot more uh, aggressive in this game than I've seen him. I think he was, you know, he was like really getting aggressive with guys. So, yeah, we were we were much more physical than they were in this game. Mm. And they and they you know, were, and some of our losses that's kind of been the difference is we were not yes. we got out physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the. The energy you bring to the field really seems to matter a lot towards the outcome of a game. Now, like the when the Saints beat us earlier in the year, they didn't have any energy. They were just like there. You know, we were just walk, running around the field shooting ourselves in the foot the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of one of those situations where they didn't have energy and ended up still winning. I think our energy was just negative. So our offensive line did great. Uh, especially in the run game, uh, D line, we were get we were beating the crap out of them. That seventy nine Fisher, you know, at first, I, I mean, Barrett was just beating him almost every play, and I'm like, damn, Barrett's really having a good game. And then Tryon got over there and whooped him. I was like, oh well, this guy just sucks. That's what it is, you know. He or he can't he can't defend against these fast smaller guys, you mm-hmm. know, something. But yeah, he's just he did not perform well, and. uh uh, our offense, our defensive line played great. I mean, De- Devita was getting pushed. Sue was playing good. Golston, Nacho was playing great. Man, you know, he was just out there. Even uh, McClendon, 
mm. was out there making stuff, making plays. The only one that didn't is JPP. Mm. I hate to say it, man, but he needs to sit out. I mean, he's not doing anything. He really literally is not doing anything. He's just a body. He got the one sack, but it was basically because uh, the quarterback fell right in front of him, you know, because uh, I think it was Vita and I want to say Nacho, or no, Barrett and Nacho flushed the quarterback out, and he was running out, and he kind of fell, and mm-hmm. JPP just went over and kind of laid on top of him. Other than that, JPP just – you know, he's just not. He's hurt. He yeah. needs to rest and heal. I think yeah. all his other injuries, you know, he uh, recovered. Well, I mean, the neck, you know, he was out, what, nine weeks for that? I think so. Uh, but he did take the full time, and it happened in the off season, so he had a little bit of time there, too. But now it just feels like he is such a free healer and is used to playing through so much stuff but i just mm. feel like this is an injury he can't play through yeah yeah and it's got to be his left shoulder uh because he i mean he's not using his left arm hardly at all mm-hmm. so you know and that and that hurts him because he's you know he's really good at batting the ball down and he can't jump up put his hands up uh and you know when he's going when they put him out in coverage which they did uh, twice no five times in this game you know he can't really do anything so you know, it's not like he can stick his arms up and all that. So he's he's not doing a lot out there. I don't know, man. I you know I hate to say it because I love JPP and I love his the energy, but he's not bringing any energy, none. You know, yeah, it's just so. And he unlikely. said this is a really bad, the worst injury he's ever had after blowing three of his fingers off. This is and, the worst injury. Uh, breaking his cup. neck. Yeah, I'm breaking his neck. <laughs> rotator cuff is the worst. Yeah. It it seems like he should take some time to rest and recover. Yeah, yeah, he really should. And and if he doesn't want to do it, the coaches need to do it. You know, because he's at this point he is literally just a body out there. Um. Now our defensive line was getting; they were great. There, I mean, they were whooping their guys, and they were getting, uh, you know, through the line. But we're running this defense now, and I don't know if it's because of injuries or if we're trying. You know, and I've, I've touched on it before. This weird stacked line defense that we're running. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because of the injuries, and we just don't have faith in our guys, or what, or if we're doing, you know, we're just trying something new to see how it works. But we're leaving ten yards. You know, we're playing this extremely soft zone coverage, you know, where there's always guys open underneath. I mean, if you have any underneath routes or if you have a check down, they're always going to be open because we do not even try to cover them. You know, everybody's at 10 yards off the ball, you know, from the get go. You know, the ball snapped. Everybody runs 10 yards back and they stand there. And uh, it's it's kind of hurting our defensive line because they're getting through and they're pressuring the quarterback, but the quarterback has always got a release valve. He's always got somebody to throw to underneath. So, But it's so short, Pat. I mean, again, we had the same thing last year. Is that, you know, quarterbacks would dump it off real quick, and so they'd give up these five, ten-yard plays. Yeah, but this is different in the sense that, you know, he they're not necessarily throwing it quick. You know, those step back, have time to scan the field, and then, you know, the pressure's coming, so they'll just dump it to the, you know, the safety valve or anybody that's underneath, 
because there's no absolutely nobody covering them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're wide open. Maybe they figure the defense has given that up anyway, so why bother use a, a body for that? Well, Bruce Arians said in his press conference that they're, they're, they're doing a real good job of keeping everything in front of them. And, you know, it's, it's like they, they don't want to give up the deep ball, which they did in this game. Uh, but it, they did want time anyhow for a touchdown. But uh, it's like it's almost that Mike Smith defense where it's just keep everything in front of you. <laughs> You know, just don't give because, you know, I feel like that's blasphemy. I don't think you should be comparing Todd Bowles to Mike Smith. I know. Uh, Cutter, you know, was adamant. Just don't give up the big plays. You know, that was his thing. What do you call them? Explosive. Explosive plays. plays. Yeah. Do not give up explosive plays. We were all about explosive plays on offense and we didn't want to give up explosive plays on defense. So, you know, Mike Smith developed that defense where everybody just kind of hung back and let everything happen in front of them. And, you know, a lot of sometimes it works. Not a lot of times. Sometimes it works. Like we had a play, uh, you know, it was like a swing pass to the flats, and SMB come running up and just clobbered the guy. Like a five-yard loss. It was a great play. But usually what happens is they'll throw the ball, and, you know, the guy, there's nobody around him, and everybody will swarm him, and we'll miss tackles. You know, we'll miss two or three tackles, and they'll end up picking up five or six yards. Whitehead missed. Let's see, we we missed five tackles in this game. Uh, Whitehead missed three of them. So, Ooh. Yeah. He, Whitehead. He, he just overshoots people, you know. He's yeah. kind of like Quan used to a do. Missile. Just, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not a fan of this defense at all. I, I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to do with it. And, you know, we didn't run that weird defense I was talking about that much during this game, but the Colts ran it one time in the fourth quarter. I, I swear to God, coaches love doing that. They love going, oh, you did this play. We're going to do it, too, just to show you that we recognize it, you know. So, uh, But we, we, we're, we're just playing this soft zone coverage, and I can't stand it. And it's hurting our defensive line, you know, stat-wise. You know, they're not able to get – I mean, they're getting the pressures, making the quarterback have to get rid of it. But they're not getting the sacks, you know, and all that good stuff. So it's got to be quite aggravating for them. I know. It's really going to hurt their PFF ranking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So in that vein, I only counted six times in this game that we ran man coverage. And that's my value. I love man coverage. You know, I like I like a two deep shell man coverage. You know, just that's to me, that's the perfect defense. And plus, it makes it easy for me. You know, on game film, you can always tell who screwed up on man coverage. You know, if your guy caught the ball, you screwed up. Uh, so the, uh, yeah, the Colts, so the Colts ran in the fourth quarter at 156. They ran that weird defense, the four, five, two, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know, where they just line five guys up 10 yards off the ball at the snap. You know, everybody runs back, stands in a line. Weird. Uh, the Colts had, I think I counted four dropped passes. They were dropping a lot of passes. You know how many we had? Three. One. Oh. And okay. it was four net in the very first quarter. Okay. Yeah. It was great. Not bad. Probably the best we've had all year long. Come on. But you didn't count that Mike Ed- Evans where you didn't even see the ball. Oh, where it hit him in the hand? Mm-hmm. I guess I, I mean, should, it hit him in should... the hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a... Yeah, okay. You're right. All right. Well, two. I mean, technically, can it's you a call drop it pass. a drop if he didn't even attempt to get it? Right. 
There's no attempt there, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we didn't blitz that much during this game. Uh, 11 times out of how many defensive snaps was there? Oh, my goodness. I'm looking, but you might be able to find it faster than me. Probably not. Anyhow, you looked that up. So 11 times. It wasn't a lot. You know, and I, I just counted. One of those was a run blitz. Run blitzes are hard to see because, you know, usually when they realize it's a run immediately, everybody just rushes you know, forward. So it's hard to tell if it's a design blitz or whatever. Uh, but I did see one uh, running blitz. Uh, but we had 10 blitzes on pass plays. Okay. So there were – the Colts had 67 total plays. Offensive but, plays? Yeah. How many of those were passes? Probably 40. 44. 45, 44. Okay, so what we're about, what's that, about 20% blitzing. So that was a, that was interesting to see. We played a very conservative game, you know. Very soft. Really? Yeah, very soft zone defense. Not a lot of blitzing. Uh you know, our offense was really kind of a run mm-hmm. offense. You know, we ran a lot <clears throat> and you know, didn't really try a whole lot of trickery. It was just really, we're going to line our guys up against your guys and smack you in the face. And we did. Hey, we won that way. So, yeah. Watching this game, watching the all 22, what I was seeing, I was like, I don't know how we didn't score 50 points. <laughs> we were the better team. We were more physical. Uh, you know, our stuff was working better. It just, just how it, how it. That's how the out. cookie crumbled. Yeah, it was what I saw in game film was what I expected to see on the broadcast. You know, it was us being dominant. I mean, we were dominant. Good. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, we had no instances of inside defensive linemen dropping back into coverage. I think that's the first time all year we haven't done that. You know, dropping Vita or Sue or Golston or somebody back. You know, one of the the interior defensive linemen back into coverage, trying to be all tricky. We didn't do any of that this game. Uh, Barrett dropped back four times into coverage. It was an extremely low amount for him. Normally, he's up there in double digits. Uh, Cam Gill dropped back once, and I think he only had like four plays. (laughs) One of them was covered. Like I said, JPP dropped back five times. Anthony Nelson dropped back once. Tryon dropped back twice. So 13 times in total, we had our outside linebackers drop back into coverage. That's a very low total for us, too. So that was pretty much what I got from the game. Uh, The score should have been a lot higher. Uh, You know, really, it just seemed like we weren't – we we felt like we had the game in control. The the strip sack definitely – when they came out in the second – half they really dominated in all aspects of the game well, they weren't we, we weren't getting beat in the first thing we were just not playing well ourselves so much you know mm-hmm. uh you know, like i said you know the mistakes of the you know miscommunication with the snap counts the bad punts stuff like that you know it wasn't anything they were doing so yeah and it wasn't a huge stuff like it, we cleaned it up pretty well yeah yeah didn't have hardly any mistakes in the second half mm-hmm. And we started just making plays after plays after plays. It was great. I really enjoyed watching this all 22. Mm-hmm. It was fun watching us beat up on everybody. <laughs> Thank a lot to you. 
that's the team I like to see. The team I've been missing right there. Yeah. Well, I think it's starting. I think we're there now. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt like the defensive line was playing with more urgency or aggression or confidence mm-hmm. or something. You know, they, so they were they were more energetic. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been saving up their energy for this last push of the season. Yeah. Well, and they're all old, too, so we got to take that yeah. into consideration. And, and they generally do that during the game, too. And they did it during this game. You know, they they don't really push that hard in the first half. It's usually about midway through the third quarters when they really start pushing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about what they did here. Hmm. Yeah. Except it was all... it well, and I think, too, they're scouting and yeah. seeing what they're Probing. doing. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. There we go. Uh, we do have an injury report, so let's go through that real quick, and then we will go watch them Cowboys whoop up on the Saints. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, Tom Brady took a rest day today, Thursday. Unusual for him. Hmm. Antonio Brown with the ankle did not participate. Jalen Darden. Uh, concussion. He did not participate Wednesday, but was a full participant on Thursday. So that's a good sign. Jamel Dean with the shoulder is full participant all week. So that's great news. Mike Edwards didn't participate Wednesday or Thursday. He had a knee injury. So, you know, silver lining with the stuff coming down from the league, maybe. Mm. Yeah, let him rest up. He'll be very healthy. Although he's losing like $130,000 a week paycheck. Chump change (laughs) for these guys anyway. Uh, Will Golston has a wrist injury. He did not participate Wednesday. Was limited Thursday. Ali Marpet returned to practice this week. He's been limited all week with his yoga injury. Steve McClendon. Uh... Had a rest day on Thursday, so he did not participate. JPP with the shoulder, he was a full participant Wednesday, did not participate on Thursday. Vita with the knee injury was limited all week. I'm surprised they don't have the tooth on there. An update on the tooth, he did get it fixed. So he was showing that off in his press conference today. Probably just a temporary cap. Yeah, probably. Uh, Devin White with the quad injury was limited Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. And Jordan Whitehead, oh no, calf injury, which he was not on the injury report Wednesday, must have sustained it Thursday. Hmm. So, crap. Get it together, Whitehead. We need you. Get it together, man. We need you to miss a tackle or two. (laughs) And uh, on the Falcons' side, their list is very short. Uh, defensive alignment Jonathan Bullard has an ankle injury. He did not participate all week. Linebacker Deion Jones has a shoulder injury. He was a full participant all week. Cornerback Kendall Sheffield has a hamstring. He was a full participant all week. And then tight end Lee Smith got a rest day today on Thursday. And that's it. That's their injury report. Hmm. All right. Very sparse. We will have a, a preview podcast out on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we'll probably have that Friday. So, Friday. Someday. Yeah. Someday coming up. Hopefully before the game. <laughs> It'll be Friday. We'll definitely get it out tomorrow. 
All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, if you, if you didn't like the rant, hang in there. We don't do this every week. So at least not every week. Please don't hate us. <laughs> If you if you did if you did like the rant, give us a thumbs up or a like or a yeah. good review, whatever. Uh, you know, it's just I'm sick of it. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about this stupid disease or whatever you want to call it. I ain't know. I ain't know what do you call it. Just tired of it. Tired of it. Tired of it. Yep. And uh, you know, now here it is it's affecting our football team by a bunch of you know how do we how do we let a snitch this grown-up employee spitefully work his way to a Weasley sports reporter. Yeah. <laughs> Hurt our team because like these Weasley sports reporters revere that kind of yeah. person. Yeah. You sure know? Yeah. Like, we see this guy as a scumbag opportunist. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, he's honorable. He just cares about the COVID. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. We got to end on that. Right? <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. Go Bucks.